This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Alik Yawmiddin. Allahumma laka alhamdu wa ilayka al-mushtaka wa bika thiqatu wa alayka tuklan wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyu al-azim. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassir li amri wa hal uqtam min lisani yafqahu qawli. اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأن تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم صلي وسلم على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن اهتدى بهديه واستنى بسنته ودعا بدعوته إلى يوم الدين uh, We are continuing our uh, tafsir class where we are going through Surah Al-Baqarah um, We spoke last week about the ayats that were dealing with uh, those that choose to worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that, that their worship includes that they love other than Allah Those whom they associate with Allah Whether those are idols or even people And that the believers, they love their creator And that the love of the believers for Allah Is stronger and better than the love of the idolaters And the uh, mushrikeen for their idols because when the idol worshippers are in real danger, they'll turn back to their creator. So they would worship their idols in times of ease, but in times of difficulties, they would go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas the believer is always going back to Allah, whether they are in times of ease or in times of difficulty. Um, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about those that have been misguided from the truth. They've been misguided from believing in Allah, the Creator, and worshipping Him alone. That they were two groups. Those that misguided and those that followed. The leaders and the followers. And that they will all go to the hellfire because in the end of the day, everyone is responsible for their own selves. If you chose to lead people into falsehood, then you will be held accountable. If you choose to follow falsehood, you will also be held accountable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then told us about a conversation that will happen between them. And that the leaders of falsehood, those that call towards the Fir'auns of the world, right? Allah in the Quran speaks about Fir'aun and He speaks about Fir'aun's people. Ala Fir'aun, right? You have the leaders of Quraysh and those that followed. You have people that lead into haram and falsehood and then those that just do it, they copy them, they are part of them, but then you have those that are the heads of falsehood. Right, just like you have a immah in khair, you have a immah in dalal. Imams meaning leaders in good, and you have leaders in evil, meaning Iblis is a leader in evil. The Fir'aun was a leader in evil. Today you have many shayateen that are leaders in evil. So the people, the trendsetters, those that call towards it, will disassociate themselves with those that they call towards it. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, the leaders on the judgment will say, we have nothing to do with these people. If they chose to do what we did, or they chose to follow us, they will have nothing to do with you, and they can't help you. On Yom Al-Qiyamah, it's just you and your deeds. But they will disown and disassociate themselves. And then those that were fooled, those that rather than following the guidance, followed misguidance. Rather than following the prophets, followed those that go oppose the prophets. Those people, they will say, لَوْ أَنَّ لَنَا مِنْهُمْ كَمَا مِنَّا We wish we could be returned. Returned to where? To dunya. 
so that we can disassociate ourselves from these people like they are doing now in the hereafter. Meaning, they wish they've gotten another chance, but the, the chance is now, not then. So now you need to have a serious look as a believer, as a Muslim, as an individual. Who do I emulate? Who do I follow? And am I following the right people? In the first surah in the Quran, Surah Al-Fatiha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear for us. The moment we ask Allah, Oh Allah, guide us to the straight path. Allah tells us about two paths. Sirat al-ladheen an'amta alayhim. The path of those whom you have blessed, whom your bounties upon, whom you, those are who? Allah mentioned Surah An-Nisa, who the an'amta alayhim are. The word an'amta alayhim means those whom you have given blessings and bounties and ni'mah. Who are they? Allah says in Surah An-Nisa, أُولَئِكَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّيقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ Those four. Prophets and the Siddiqs, those that have reached the highest level of belief other than prophets. Right? Who can tell me a Siddiq that we know of? Abu Bakr. And also what did Allah say about Maryam? Ummuhu Siddiqah. Right? Then you have the Shuhada, those have, that have given their life for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you have the righteous people. Follow those and you will be upon khair. Don't follow those whom Allah's wrath was upon, غير المغضوب عليهم, that knew the truth but chose to ignore it. والضالين, and those that have been misguided, they never sought out the truth and they worshipped Allah upon falsehood. So don't be those people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about following and that the leaders and the followers of falsehood will both go to the hellfire and they will both disassociate each other in the hereafter. طيب. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, or a'malahum hasaratin alayhim, that their deeds, their misdeeds rather, that they did on this earth, they will be regrets and regrets upon them in the hereafter. And they will not be leaving the hellfire. This, this is all the lessons from last week. Then uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about uh, among his, his divine uh, uh, rights, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the right to legislate halal and haram. And Allah is teaching us that, that He is the one we worship. What does that mean? It means we single out all of our acts of worship to Him. It means we understand that He is our creator and the one in control of the universe. We also believe that He is the only one that has the right to legislate right and wrong. And here this ayah is alluding to that. And Allah says, يَا النَّاسُ كُلُوا مِمَّا فِي الْأَرْضِ حَلَالًا طَيِّبًا وَلَا تَتَبِعُوا خُطْوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ Again, Allah was talking about that we are allowed to, that Allah is telling us, eat from the halal of this earth. Again, even the halal is decided by Allah, just like the haram is decided by Allah. And we mentioned that the halal is a lot more than the, the haram, of course. Then Allah spoke about our main enemy. Uh, Indeed, the shaitan, whom Allah told us to take as an enemy, the shaitan, he will command you, he will command you with sin, and he will command you with shamelessness. Uh, and for you to say about Allah, upon Allah, that which you have no knowledge of. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, he always commands you to do what is evil and shameless, what is evil and indecent, and to say things about Allah that you have no knowledge of. So the shaitan attacks you from two angles. And these are the two angles that people struggle with. One angle is, as-su'u wal-fahsha. 
السوء is كلمه لكل ما هو منكر it is a statement that everything that is haram is called سوء evil he will command you to be abusive to your parents he will command you to lie to cheat to steal to don't wake up for prayer to to keep hold on to your money that you have to pay zakat from anything that is in the, he will command you and he will command you indecency the word fahsha what does fahsha mean fahsha some of the ulama say is a statement that is referring to the kabair major sin right fahsha major sin fahisha the word fahsha is also often used to particularly speak about the types of sin that have to do with shamelessness, indecency, and lust. In other words, zina and the like. And this is what he's going to, to, to command you. So the shaitan is calling you towards these type of haram. Most people, or many people, when they are misguided, these are the doors shaitan will enter them from. Through a haram, through a munkar, through uh, uh, shamelessness and indecency. That's one door. That door is called shahawat, desires. The one that's doing fraud is, be, is following his desires. The one that's committing zina, he's following his or her desires. The one that is lying is following his or her desires. The one that is being unjust, etc., etc. This is known as the door of desires, shahawat. Many people are not practicing, not involved in uh, being religious, not praying, not being uh, upon righteousness because of the overwhelming desires they have for haram and sin. That's one aspect. The other door is called shubuhat. Shubuhat are doubts when people have the wrong learnings, understandings of their creed, their belief, and about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Literally here Allah says, Shaitan will command you or call you towards evil and indecency and for you to say about Allah that which you do not know. Now we understand what sin and evil and indecency is. We spoke about that. What does it mean? And to say about Allah that which you have no knowledge of. When people speak about Allah, you have to remember this. Don't speak about Allah unless you're going to say what Allah told you about himself. And those that do Those that speak about Allah Upon ignorance They do either three things Either they will say about Allah That which Allah did not say by himself So they will speak about Allah And say Allah is like this or like that Or does this and does that which is And has no basis in the Quran And in the Sunnah You are not allowed to do that when it comes to your understanding of who your creator is, you follow what you've been told about Allah, not what you think. This is why when we are calling upon Allah, we call upon His beautiful names and attributes, which we learn from where? In the, in the Qur'an. And we understand them the way it's been explained in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. This is why we can't make up names for Allah. This is why we can't make up descriptions and attributes for Allah. This is why we can't think of images of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because all of that is assuming of Allah things we do not know. This is one way that people will go astray and do this. Right? Um, and this uh, put under this, under this uh, uh, heading, people that claim God had a son. People that claim there are many gods. People that, all of this is How do you know? Right? These things are things that you're not allowed to attribute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
The other one is أن تنفي عن الله ما أثبت لنفسه أن تنفي عن الله ما أثبت لنفسه To deny that which Allah has uh, uh, mentioned about himself Right? And this, under this description comes those that, that deny some of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah tells you that He speaks. You say Allah doesn't speak. He tells, Allah tells us, for example, that some of His attributes, Allah tells us He's above us. You say Allah is not above us. Allah, right? So denying the attributes of Allah mentioned in the Quran is speaking about Allah without knowledge. You're going against it. So the first one was to attribute to Allah what he hasn't attributed to himself. The second one is to deny that which he has attributed to himself. The final one is when it comes to halal and haram. To say God had made this haram. Allah said this is haram. When you have no evidence for it. Who told you it's haram? You, we are not allowed. You're not allowed to say this is forbidden. This is haram. Unless you know Allah said so or the Prophet said so. Similarly, don't just claim things are halal that have been made forbidden by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The people that do these three things are So, they are those that speak about Allah without knowledge. Again, what are those three? When you deny something Allah attributed to himself, or you attribute to Allah what he didn't attribute to himself, or when you speak about the halal and haram without knowledge. So these are the two gates that I will come to you from. Either you will be speaking about the deen in the wrong way, or you will be sinning a lot. That which Allah Shaitan calls you towards is a su'u evil wal fahshai. And indecency, and wa antaqul wa Allahi to speak about God Almighty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ma la ta'lamun, that which you have no knowledge of. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is still speaking about those that insist rather than learning, Rather than, than listening to the revelation, following the prophets, insist on following other than the prophets. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ And when it is said to them, اِتَّبِعُوا مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ Follow the message that Allah has sent down. When it is said to them, follow the message that Allah has sent down. قَالُوا They say. What is the excuse? بَلْ رَاذَا نَتَّبِعُوا مَا أَلْفَيْنَا عَلَيْهِ آبَاءَنَا We will follow the ways of our forefathers. Or our fathers, right? When they are told, follow the revelation, they say, we want to follow our fathers. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَوَلَوْ كَانَ آبَاؤُهُمْ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَهْتَدُونَ What is the situation? Even though their fathers understood nothing and were not guided. So, you shouldn't bank on or you shouldn't rely on following someone who himself is not upon guidance. And blind, this is where the concept of blind following is heavily rebuked and, 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 and um, refuted. Don't ever be a blind follower. Meaning what? Rather than look for the truth, you say, you know what, I'm going to follow that person. If you're going to do that, do that with a prophet. Don't do that with people. Say, I am going to... And what is blind following? What they did right here. They said, no matter what you tell us, or what you present for us, truth False, it doesn't matter. We already decided what the truth is for us. I already made up my mind. I'm going to follow my fathers and that's it. No. In Islam, our religion is a religion based upon understanding, and it's based upon a, a, a reflection, and it's based upon pondering, not just blind following. Each one of us must be convinced and has conviction of their faith. 
You have to have yaqeen of your faith. And that yaqeen comes as a result of educating yourself about your deen. And it comes from a result of learning about it, not just blind following. Right? Learn your deen and study it, and this will increase your iman. Uh, so this is what they said. This is what the Quraysh said to the Prophet ﷺ. This is why Abu Talib, his uncle, whom he loved very much, refused to accept Islam. Although he said, his uncle Abu Talib said to the Prophet ﷺ, I know that what you have came with is the truth. Or something along those lines. But he just didn't accept it. And here you learn something else. Knowing something is the truth is not enough. Like if someone says, if someone says the following... I know Prophet Muhammad was a messenger of God. I know there is only one God and that is Allah. I know that. But I refuse to follow or accept Islam. Is that person a Muslim? No. But, but, they know, but they know. Knowing is not enough. Knowing is not enough. You had many people that said, yeah, Muhammad, I think he was a prophet, but I'm not going to follow Islam. You have to accept it. This is why among the conditions of La ilaha illallah is actually acceptance. Al-Qubul. If, if only knowing was enough, doesn't Iblis know? Was he not know? Did he not speak to Allah? Was he not there and with the creation of Adam and the angels? Did he not experience all of that? Does he not know? Is he a believer? He is not. So belief is more than just knowledge. It's not enough for you to know. You have to accept it. And to accept something, you have to understand it and appreciate it. Tayyip. They said we will uh, follow our forefathers, but what if their forefathers have no aql and no hidayah? They have no aql, they have no intellect, because if they had intellect, they would not be worshipping idols. And they are not guided because they are not following the messengers. It's very simple, my brothers. This earth, as humanity was brought this earth, the first human being was Prophet Adam alayhi salam, and from then onwards, there were prophets that were sent to humanity. Anyone that follows the way of the Prophet is upon guidance, anyone that doesn't is not upon guidance. Very simple. Anyone that follows the way of the Prophets is upon guidance. Those that aren't upon the way of the Prophets are upon misguidance. And there's always been those two groups and those two camps. Those that are with the Prophets, those that opposes them, oppose them. You read the Quran, the story of Yusuf, the story of uh, uh, Musa salam, the story of Hud and Salih and Nuh and Ibrahim and the seer of our Prophet salam, Prophet Isa, always. Prophet Lut, all of them. Those that are with the messengers and those that oppose the messengers. When, you, when we're talking about hidayah and guidance, we're talking about the way of those who are divinely guided by Allah. Not just divinely guided, but then sent by Allah to give us that guidance. This is known as the way of the prophets. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us that those that are, are upon it, stay upon it, and die upon it. Tayyip. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us descriptions of those that don't obey, don't listen, don't care. You have to imagine the, the, the Rasulullah is calling them to Islam. And they're saying, uh, they, they're saying, we're going to follow our forefathers. Speaking of following our forefathers, what's interesting is, what did Allah just tell us about will happen on their judgment? The followers, will they be happy with their leaders? Won't they be saying, we disassociate ourselves, we wish we could go back, right? But then Allah is saying, in dunya, what are they saying? We will follow our forefathers. Not knowing that these same people that they are claiming to follow will be disassociating themselves from them on the day of judgment. And what will the messengers be doing? 
They will be making dua, Allahumma sallim. They will be making shafa'a for you. So who's, who's going to be there to support, to make dua? The anbiya. Who are people going to run towards the famous hadith of shafa'a to the prophets? And they will have nothing to do with those that call them towards falsehood. ومثل الذين كفروا كمثل الذي ينعق بما لا يسمع إلا دعاء ونداء صم بكم عمي فهم لا يعقلون. Allah subhanahu wa taala is giving us a a parable here, and this happens in the Quran often and in the Hadith as well, where you are giving a mental image. Are, Allah is painting a picture for us, giving us an image of how hard it is to convey the message to the people that have decided stubbornly, I will follow the way that I'm upon, I will not accept the way of the prophets. And they're being called towards hidayah, towards guidance. So the truth, Allah said, the, their example is, كَمَثَلِ الَّذِي يَنْعِقُ Like the herdsman or the shepherd calling to things that hear nothing. Now the shepherd, what do they call towards? What are they taking care of usually? Livestock and animals. Now these animals, do they understand please turn right, please turn left? No. What do they hear? They just hear sound, right? So the, the example here is, uh, calling to the disbelievers is like a herdsman calling to things that hear nothing but a shout and a cry. So you can instruct them all day long, tell them about the benefits of the revelation, the truthfulness of the prophets, the, the, the dignity that Islam and this religion comes with, the, this blessed way of life. You can tell all day long, but all they will hear is that an animal would, what an animal would hear if you uh, were to speak to it. All it hears is like random noises, right? And that, that, that's, that's, that's the level of how far away they are. Other ulama, they say, is not referring necessarily to the livestock and the animal, rather it's referring to some, someone that is far away. Now imagine this, someone that is really far away. If you say to him, uh, pick that thing up, they might not hear exactly what you say, but they know what, that you're making what? Noise. Can they make up what that noise is? No. This is their situation. Rather it's much worse. Allah will say, um, at least the animal or the person that's far away can understand your 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 your, your speaking. You're saying something. They might not comprehend it. They might not have the mental faculty or the ability to hear it far away. But they understand you're trying to convey something, right? They're at least hearing the noise, right? This is why people that uh, you know sheep heard this. They will say uh, they will make noises and they will actually maybe somewhat even understand uh, uh, to a level. But here Allah said. Rather they are summun deaf. Now someone that is deaf and can see, what did they learn? Sign language. It's not completely a disaster, right? Many people are deaf and they're very respectable people that have uh, very good faculties of understanding. But they're not only deaf and umyun, they're blind. Now once you're deaf and you're blind, then it's very difficult to, to, for you to receive a message. Correct? But maybe you can, you can, the person, if they, maybe they can say, say something, right? They can say something. No. Bukmun, and Allah said, Summun, they are blind. Um, deaf, dumb, and blind. Yeah. Deaf, dumb, and blind. This is Summun, Bukmun, Umyun. In other words, there's almost no point. They will not understand nothing. Those among the disbelievers that decided 
no matter what is said to us, no matter how much revelation you bring, how much miracles we see, how many prophets you send, what you do, we will not believe. Isn't that what happened with the prophet? They say we will believe you if you split the moon. They saw the moon split. They didn't say. They said it's probably sihir. This we believe you if you answer these three questions. Questions they got from the from the Jews and the Christians. The prophet answered them. They still won't believe. Every time because they've already made up their minds, they've already closed themselves off from the truth. Summun bukmun umiyun fahum la yaqilun. Another ayah Allah said, "Sawaun alayhim wa'attahum amlam ta'id." Sawaun alayhim and dartahum amlam tundirhum. It's the same whether you whether you warn them or you don't warn them. So, these people that are acting like this, refusing the truth, right? Not, not following it, claiming they're going to st- just follow their fathers blindly. Those people were the same people whom Allah described earlier in the day of judgment. They will regret that. Right? Their actions will be something that they will regret greatly. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now speaking to the believers. So now this is a special advice and message to the believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, O you who believe. So now Allah is speaking to who? To the believers. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, kulu min tayyibati ma razaqanakum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O you who believe, eat the good things we have provided for you. Eat the good things we have provided for you. Here Allah used the word tayyib again. We explained this last week's lesson. The things that are haram, if something is said haram, this is haram, it can be haram for two reasons. It's either haramun lidatihi or haramun liwasfihi. What does haramun lidatihi mean? It means it's within itself haram. It doesn't matter if you worked for it. It doesn't matter if it was a gift you were given. It's always haram. Uh, Alcohol is haram if you buy it with your hard-earned money or someone gives it to you, or packages it nicely, or you win it in a contest, it doesn't matter, no matter what means it comes to you, it's always going to be what? Haram. It's in its within itself haram. These things are called khabaith. Right? Then you have something that is haramun liwasfihi. It is haram because of its characteristics, its description. For example, a bottle of orange juice, or, 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 or a bottle of water, right? Or bread. This is not haram, within itself, but it can be haram by the means it was acquired. Bread is halal, but if you steal it, it becomes what? Haram, right? So, this is uh, the, 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 the distinction. So that which is, uh, that which is, um, that which is um, halal by default, uh, water and bread and juice and, and all the stuff that we enjoy, that is tayyib. That is tayyib. The halal things are tayyib, right? If that, if they are, but if they are acquired in a wrong way, that tayyib can become haram if you steal it, right? So Allah is saying, in, and most things on this earth are tayyib. Most things on this earth, all of the fruits and vegetables, all of the uh, that which is in the in the in the ocean, ala khilafin fihi, all most of that which we eat and everything that is good for us, Allah has made halal for us, right? The haram is very very limited. This is why the haram can be counted, the halal cannot be counted. So Allah is saying to us, O you who believe, eat from the good, the tayyib, that we have provided for you, and then, okay, what is the catch? What do we have to do? What do you have to do if you enjoy all that's on this earth? 
of luxury of food and 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 you, and you know everything else right build what you want to build wear what you want to wear live where you want to live right earn a living enjoy yourself have do all the halal but what do you have to do in return washkuru lillahi in kuntum iyyahu ta'budun subhanallah so little allah wants from us and so much he has given us be thankful to the one who has given you all of this the air we breathe the earth we walk on the rain that falls on us right every single the 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 just in our own body right the cells that attack viruses and diseases without you knowing right the antibodies you develop against it, all of these the right every single thing every single thing you have an itch that you can just get rid of like you don't think about these things right your eyelids are continuously uh, closing and opening without you thinking about it and that's helping you right there's so much that allah has given you the breakfast you had this morning the, the snack that you just ate the family you're going back to the the friend that made you laugh earlier right the heating in your car it thousands and one things you cannot enumerate the ni'am and the blessings allah has given you that you are constantly enjoying alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin and then we are told washkuru lillahi be grateful to allah in kuntum iyyahu ta'budun if you truly are singling him out in worship uh, if it is him that you worship singling out iyyahu ta'budun so single out allah in worship because he is the only one worthy of it be grateful to him because every blessing you have came from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now that we have been told what is halal which is most things and we have told to be grateful we're also going to be reminded that some things are haram that some things are haram so what is haram انما حرم عليكم الميتة والدم ولحم الخنزير وما أهل به لغير الله فمن طر غير باغ ولا عاد فلا إثم عليه إن الله غفور رحيم الله سبحانه وتعالى said he has only forbidden for you these are the following things that have only been forbidden for us now four things will be mentioned now the word only here does that mean that outside of these four things, everything else is halal? Someone might think that. And in fact, there are, there's one school of thought that went to that opinion. Related to the things that we eat, are, are these the only four things that are haram or have things been added to? Let's count the four things first. Um, these four things are, إِنَّمَا حَرَّمَ عَلَيْكُمْ That which has been haram, made haram to you, for you are, الْمَيْتَةَ الْمَيْتَةَ is the animal that died without being uh, given a proper slaughter. It's called meta, right? So if uh, we eat beef, right? So we eat cow meat. If a cow were to just drop dead, would you be able to eat that? No, it has not been slaughtered properly. That would be meta. That would be meta. If um, um, a goat uh, uh, fell into a well and drowned, would you be able to eat that? Get it out and clean it up and eat it? No, because it has not been slaughtered properly. So these are called meta. They, they, that which dies of natural causes, Allah expands upon it more in Surah Al-Ma'idah. That's meta. We're not allowed to eat that. Right? Number one. What's meta? An animal that died without having been been slaughtered. It's not, we're not allowed to eat that. إِنَّمَا حَرَّمَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَيْتَةَ وَالدَّمَ Blood. Blood is haram. Right. So the blood of the animal cannot be consumed as well right and 
one would argue, okay, um, whenever we go and uh, buy meat from the shops, you can see some of the remains of the blood, right? The, the meat is red, right? And that is, that is fine. What it's meaning is blood that's flowing, that's literally flowing, that's haram, right? You can't consume that in any way, shape, or form. And then Allah mentions, how many have you got so far? Two. So, um, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَحْمَ الْخِنْزِيرِ And the meat of the pig. Now when we say the meat of the pig, does that mean the fat of the pig or other parts of the pig that is not meat is allowed? No. When the meat, when the meat is mentioned, which is the most valuable part of what people consumed and everything else comes with that as well. So pork is not allowed, all of its kind, right? Swine, etc. Uh, pig's meat. And that's the third one. And that which has been slaughtered, but other than Allah's name was invoked. So if a slaughter in the name of some god, right? Would that be something that we can consume? No. So here, you learn the four things that are haram for us to consume. The meta, the blood, the lahm al-khinzir, this is pork. Uh, and then, well, what if pork is slaughtered properly? Can we eat it? No. No, we can't eat it. And, and also, um, uh, sorry? I said, what if a, a pig is slaughtered properly? Can we eat it? The answer is no. Right? And that which has been in, uh, uh, in, invoked, other than Allah's name has been invoked upon. Right? This, these are the four. But there are some ahadith that are other things that we also are not allowed to consume. There are some ahadith that mention that we are not allowed to consume uh, the, the donkey. The, especially the domesticated donkey that we know. We're not allowed to consume those. Although they're not mentioned in the ayah. Uh, we are not allowed to consume any predatory animal that hunts with its teeth or its fangs, right? And that would, like lions and, 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 and tigers, so they are not allowed to be consumed either. Or any, any, any bird that also hunts or is predatory with its, with its um, claws is also not, we're not allowed to consume as well. So where do we find that? If that's not in this ayah, we find that in the, in the sunnah. In the sunnah. Um, so there is more that is haram that is mentioned in the Sunnah. Uh, and this is why we have to understand that the Sunnah and the Quran are complementary to each other. Right? They are complementary to each other. طيب. Uh, something to appreciate is, you might be thinking, how often do I have to think about eating or not eating a, a meta? I don't come across it. I'll just go to my local halal meat shop. Alhamdulillah. This is not a big deal. But I want you to immerse yourself into uh, 7th century Arabia, where you are in the desert, where animals will sometimes die because of the heat. And how much of a test this was for people, right? People need to eat, and every time an animal died, they would still uh, 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 carve it up and cook it and eat it and benefit from it. Most of the, of, of the, of the, of the, the, the uh, goats or the sheep or whatever they're being eaten is blood. And that blood, maybe they would use it to turn it into uh, um, some sort of uh, um, something, right? They, they wouldn't, they were desperate for food. Now when these things were, were, were um, prohibited, it was a test for them. It was, and it's always good to appreciate that, that the people that these ayats were revealed upon, they acted, so Allah if it was a test for them. Right? But alhamdulillah, now we're upon ni'am after ni'am, right? There's a halal meat shop 
every, everywhere that you go. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, another thing to be grateful for, isn't it? Another thing to be grateful for, alhamdulillah. Um, so those are the three things. Mayta, dam, lahm al-khinzir, and wa ma'uhilla bihi lighayrlah, that which have Allah's, Allah's name has been invoked upon, other than Allah's name. So is that always a hard rule, or is there an exception? Allah said, فَمَنِ غَيْرَ بَاغٍ وَلَا عَادٍ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ If anyone is compelled or forced, فَمَنِ if anyone is compelled or forced to eat these these four. So how can someone be compelled or forced, right? If you're starving and you have nothing else to eat. If you are being held at gunpoint and you are forced to eat, or whatever the case is, right? If you are go- if you don't eat it, you're going to die. Then you're not told haram is haram, go and die. No, Allah says, if you are forced or compelled into it, then this you are allowed to consume it. فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ And there is no sin upon that individual. But Allah said, فَمَنِ غَيْرَ بَاغٍ وَلَا عَادٍ Two conditions are mentioned. For you to consume that which has been made haram, because your circumstances are dire, because you are desperate, you are allowed to consume. بشرط with a condition غير باغ ولا عادين that you're not a باغ and you're not a عادين now what does that mean you're not a باغ and you're not a عادين the word باغ it means someone that is transgressing someone that is uh, using a that is uh, transgressing because he doesn't really need it so some of the علماء they give an example um, someone uh, purposely puts himself in a situation where he's going to be desperate to eat haram. When you purposely put yourself in that situation, for example, then then it is your fault. Then you're not allowed to do it, right? Or you you uh, you you eat it out of desire, right? You you're not supposed to desire the haram. You're supposed to be not wanting it. And alhamdulillah, most Muslims today, if you were given a dish and halfway through you were told uh, you were eating pork, you'd Definitely stop, and you, uh, some of us might even like say, I, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna puke, right?" And this is a good thing. This is a good thing. And part of that is that you've understood, okay, Allah has made this haram. I have no desire for it, so you're not supposed to have a desire for it. You're not supposed to enjoy it, even when you're in a difficult situation. You're not supposed to enjoy it, right? Also, you're not gonna transgress upon it, meaning you're not gonna eat to your fill, right? Um, okay, I'm dying out of thirst. I have nothing else to drink, or I just ate something and it stuck on my throat. And I need to pull it, to drink something to, 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 to get it down. Uh, there's nothing to drink. Pass me water. There's no water. Oh, there's a bottle of alcohol. Right? And you drink it. Is that, is that allowed? Well, it's stuck. On, are you allowed to drink that? Yes. Okay, once you drink it, are you feeling better? Yeah, no, no, I need another sip. Are that other sip be allowed? This would be غَيْرَ بَاغٍ غَيْرَ بَاغٍ نعم. وَلَا عَادٍ And also, that you are not... Uh, going into excess, like we mentioned. Uh, Imam Shafi'i has a different tafsir of these two words. And he said, غير باغين ولا عادين. He said, باغين is referring to al-baghi, the rebel, not being rebellious. And he was referring to um, there, there sometimes what would happen is there would be a group among the Muslims that would choose to rebel against the country, the leader, they will go rebel against it. They're called both. And, and they are now in a state of rebellion. And if that state of rebellion that they've push themselves out of the people. They're not part of the mass 
anymore. They went out of it, and now they are, and now they're hungry. And the only reason they are being they're hungry right now is because they put themselves in that situation. They've became the bughat. They've become the rebels. Then, if they get hungry, they can't get access, or they're not. They don't get this exemption, right? And he said, "Wala adin." He said, "Adin min al adawa." It is the bandits. Right? Also, if you guys are bandits and you're going and you, 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 you just rob people and that's your living and I don't know, for this week you didn't get to rob anyone and you're starting to starve and you find a carcass or you find you can't eat that because you are a adin. Depending on uh, the, any tafsir that you take, the point is an exception has been made to the rule. Because Allah is merciful. Even the haram, you can have access to it if you're forced into it. Does that make sense? As long as when you're forced into it, you treat it as something that is... N- just a necessity, right? For that moment. For that moment. Uh, so that person, عَلَيْهِ There is no, there is no sin on them. إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ Allah is the one who forgives often. رَحِيمٌ uh, The most merciful. The scholars, they extract sometimes, and I'm going to conclude here, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, the scholars they extract from the ayat rulings that are applied all the time. So this ayah, the scholars extracted from it a legal maxim, a, a, a general rule. It's called al-durura tubihul mahdurat. Al-durura tubihul mahdurat. Necessity, necessity, uh, it legalizes prohibitions. Right. What does that mean? So when there is a dire situation, the haram becomes halal. When there is a dire situation, the haram becomes halal. There are plenty of examples of that. Praying on time is wajib. Delaying the prayer is haram. Delaying the prayer is haram. You are a surgeon. And you are in a surgery that will take hours. And for example, and you cannot leave for the salah. And if you do, this person might die. Are you in a state of necessity or not? Will that necessity uh, make the, the prohibition of delaying the prayer will be lifted because of what? Because of that necessity, right? Fasting, breaking your fast is haram. It's haram. You can't break your fast for no reason. If a necessity arises for you to break your fast, then it is allowed, right? And there are many, many examples of that. So, when and who defines it's necessary? Who defines it? Do we personally define it? You know, I haven't had sahur last night. I haven't eaten my uh, my pre pre uh, meal. I'm hungry. I don't think I'm gonna make it to iftar, man. I think it's necessity. I'm gonna have lunch. Would that be allowed? That wouldn't be allowed. So you don't get to decide what's a necessity or not. This is actually done by the scholars. It has to be a legal ruling. But that is in place, and it's very beneficial because the scholars will look at that. And, they, and there are other rulings as well. Al-durura taqaddaru bi qadariha is another one that the that the the necessity is limited. It's limited, right? So if we allowed it for you, we're not going to allow it for everyone. If you allow it for you, we're not going to allow it for you all the time. So it's also, it has limitations. Where did we benefit from that? When Allah said, You don't transgress, you don't go into excess. This thing is still haram, by the way. Don't enjoy it. Don't be like, oh, I've got a good opportunity to take to taste pork because I'm in a necessity. And then like, let's add some seasoning. And this is not what you're supposed to be doing because this thing is still, what is still haram? Barakallahu feekum. Hada wa akhru da'wana. Alhamdulillah. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.